We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome in to the award-winning Roadwire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Friday, December 29th, 2017, for just a couple days longer. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! You can find us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. You probably already figured this out by now. But this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know we'd love to have it. You can also find all our other RotoWire podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher and directly on the RotoWire.com website itself. <clears throat> Quick overview of today's podcast, if I can talk. Hopefully, I can talk today. We're going to go over top news. Are you guys on cigars already? Are we already on the New Year's cigars? 2018, got to bring it in with a couple cigars, right, Shannon? A couple (laughs) early morning stogies. (laughs) Yeah, here at 9.40 a.m. in Madison, Wisconsin. (laughs) Shannon and I are already too deep. Uh, We're going to go. You're on the East Coast, Ken. So what are you, three, four deep? Uh, Yeah, I'm on my third. Okay. Uh, (laughs) With some some brandy. (laughs) It is a Friday, Friday before the new year. All right, we're going to go over some top news, 
Ken and Shannon have a, a couple of rants. I don't, I don't know if Shannon's is a rant, but he has a, he has a great story at the end of the year. Um, he always has a great story about rec league hoops. We'll go into our broad topic of the day. Names who probably could possibly potentially get traded before the deadline where they're going from one fantasy situation to a lesser fantasy situation or a better one. So we'll, we'll go over a list of approximately 10, 11 names, kind of break that down, some names to maybe take a flyer on or names to potentially be cautious about that they may have reached their fantasy peak before they get traded. And then, of course, we'll end this Friday with our Friday FanDuel picks. Ken, why don't you get us started? Certainly. Uh, exciting game in Boston last night as the Celtics uh, come back from 26 to beat a shorthanded Rocket squad, 99-98. Uh, you know what I liked about this game? Other than, of course, being a woefully biased Celtic fan, but great to see Harden finally getting some calls against him. From an entertainment standpoint, I hate it when Harden's just all about drawing contact. It's just so boring to watch. I don't really want to see him shoot free throws. But uh, his just running right at defenders, Marcus Smart, great defensive player. Uh, caused two offensive fouls on Harden at the end of the game to win it for the Celtics. Two, two uh, like the last seven seconds. That's amazing. Yeah, two in seven seconds. It was amazing. Uh, now, I did want to stress, Rockets are were shorthanded. Uh, a lot of guys out. Uh, Chris Paul being the most important, missed his third game, and he's questionable tonight against the Wizards. I, I doubt he'd play a road game at Washington, but... Uh, anyway, exciting game. Gentlemen, uh, it's four losses in a row for the Rockets. Uh, any reason for concern? No, it's a long, long season, 82 games to be exact. And even really, really good teams, you know, just go th- go on a road trip or just have a four-game slide. It's really not that big of a deal. I mean, we, we shouldn't be holding these Rockets to high, high expectations because they're still coming to their own. They're, they're one of the best teams in the NBA. But if you're a Rockets fan, I, I don't think you should be concerned whatsoever, Shannon. Absolutely not. They're 25 and 8. They're 12 and 3 away from home. They've lost one game that Chris Paul has played and and he wasn't able to finish that game. So there's there's no concern whatsoever. I mean, once they're at full strength, they're they're finely tuned machine. I mean, they're the one challenger that I'm comfortable saying like the one sure. challenger for the Warriors that I would be comfortable making that statement on. They had no depth uh, in that game last night. Uh, Mbambute was out. And maybe more importantly, Clint Capella out. I mean, the difference between Clint Capella and Nene is enormous, especially defensively. Uh, Hilario, I know he's on that team because he's affordable, but I don't see how he sort of fits there. Uh, their scheme there, and he had to eat some major minutes. They were so thin that they signed Gerald Green earlier yes. today. Well, he, yeah, they signed eleven him before, minutes play, before the game, and he played eleven minutes. That's that's how thin they were. So again, it's not something I would be worried about uh, as a Rockets fan. I agree. I agree. All right, moving on, gentlemen. Uh, uh, Curry is probably coming back Saturday, Stephen Curry, but he is out tonight, uh, which who does that mean uh, big fantasy points for at the Warriors, gentlemen? Durant's been on a tear, so I, I would still back Durant. I mean, Draymond Green gets an uptick. <clears throat> Clay Thompson, an uptick. 
Uh, Jordan Bell has been pretty damn consistent the past couple weeks. He's held on to the starting job even after Zaza returned from injury. Um, so those are those are the main guys I would be targeting. Durant, during this stretch where Curry has sat from December 6th to December 27th, that has been 10 games, he's averaged 36 minutes on the court and even 29 points, 8.6 rebounds, 5.4 assists, 0.8 blocks. Big story here, 3.1 uh, or. Yeah, I might have mixed that up. 0.8 steals and 3.1 blocks. And these blocks have really kind of vaulted him into Defensive Player of the Year territory where his own teammates, uh, former Defensive Player of the Year, Draymond Green, is saying that it's not even a competition right now. Kevin Durant is your Defensive Player of the Year. I, I mean, he is really good on defense, and he has been leading the league in blocks for the majority of the season. Are we ready to say that Kevin Durant is the Defensive Player of the Year, though? He's getting there. I mean, he he had he's made his case for it, and and now with with Jordan Bell in the starting lineup, Durant's kind of he's the he's the rim protector. He's yeah. basically the the center. He's not center by by name, but he is the center. I mean, he's taller than Jordan Bell. He's taller than Draymond Green. He's not always matching up against the center, but he's the guy who's really protecting the rim for that team. And we saw that in the playoffs last year as well. So it's it doesn't really come as that much of a surprise. Um, Maybe it's a surprise that he's doing it in the regular season, but he's t- definitely a legit uh, defensive player of the year candidate. You know, one of the top three three in the league right now, and, and it only makes his fantasy value uh, more attractive. During the stretch where Curry was, you know, mostly healthy, so essentially before December sixth, percentages were down all over the place. So we're looking at twenty games essentially. Um, before that Curry injury where Durant was averaging 34 minutes as opposed to 36, 37, 25 points as opposed to, again, almost 30, um, six rebounds as opposed to eight, and blocks. Now, during this stretch, like you said, Shannon, um, he's averaging 3.1 compared to 1.9 in the 20 games before this 10-game stretch. So Durant has really kick-started as somebody who has, you know, a decent share of Durant across my leagues. It was nice to get this kick-start, but I will... I will admit that I'm I'm a little bit um, afraid or apprehensive when Curry comes back um, because certainly you know his usage is going to go down a little bit. But there's no reason why you know he can't he can't keep up those blocks. I think he really might be trying for Defensive Player of the Year. Good point, gentlemen. And by the way, Jordan Bell last 30 days ranks 78th on Yahoo. Um, but yes, Durant's D has been pretty spectacular. Uh, more DFS news for tonight: Aladipo, Victor Aladipo. Uh, leading scorer for the Pacers. He's also out for tonight. That was actually announced yesterday. Uh, Not surprising news, but uh, what maybe is surprising is who's scoring in this Indiana Pacers lineup. Guys, who do you like on the Pacers for tonight Um, based on maybe Wednesday uh, was a Thursday's game where Oladipo didn't play? Lance Stevenson is the guy picking up the slack. Come on. He is. I know. I was trying to legionize there. I was hoping <laughs> you'd drink the water. <laughs> he, I mean, he had, a, he had a monster game. Played 36 minutes, had 16 yeah. points, 15 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 2 three-pointers. Which probably I, means he's destined for a terrible night tonight. But I do have Stevenson on my list. Yeah, you, you have to. I mean, you have to. He he's a definite option um, for DFS this weekend for his however long Oladipo's out, and, and he's he's a pickup option in season long leagues if 
it's you know if if it's revealed that Oladipo is going to miss a couple you know a few more games or next week that then Stevenson's a streaming option. You you can take your Stevenson. I'm going to just kind of lean on Darren Collison for DFS. You know, with Oladipo off the court, Oladipo handles the ball, brings the ball up quite a bit. Um, so does Stevenson. But I think that you know over the course of the majority of the games without Oladipo, Collison is going to be the one who handles the ball more often, maybe takes a few more shots and, you know, is able to dish it out more. I, I understand that, you know, Stevenson is, is like a, a poor man Oladipo in, in the way that he's a shooting guard and, and handles the ball. But I, I'm going to rely on Darren Collison. I think that's a little bit more reliable. Um, but you could have those crazy Lance Stevenson games, but I don't think that's worth it to get, what, one out of five, one out of six? I hear you. Collison definitely gets an uptick as well. Uh, another guy I really like is Miles Turner because they haven't really had to rely on Miles Turner. He's been somewhat of a disappointment on the offensive end this season. I mean, he's leading the league in blocks, so so nothing wrong with that. But on the offensive end, he's averaging basically the same amount of points he did last year. But now that, that now that Oladipo's out, he's going to have a heavier load. He's going to take more shots. So I, I like him. He had a good game on Wednesday when Oladipo was out. I like him again tonight. The, the important thing here, Ken, is that it's not always a one-for-one um, you know, value shifting over position to position. That's the thing to remember is that just because Stevenson is coming into more minutes and directly taking over Oladipo's spot, sometimes the usage, the ball handling, the shot attempts go to the next best player on the court, and Shannon's totally right. In this case, it's Miles Turner. So you can't always go one-for-one. You've got to share the load on the team there. And one more interesting note, the game on Wednesday against Dallas, not a single player took more than 13 shots. Everyone in the starting five took 11, 12, or 13 attempts. Wow. That was some interesting, very interesting distribution there. Very interesting. Um, Speaking of people playing due to injuries to others, Bismack Bayambo with a 12-13, one steal, one block night against Drummond and your Detroit Pistons, Shannon. Can we trust... Bayambo over the next six weeks with Vucevic out? Absolutely. Um, he's not going to score a bunch, but he, he's a good rebounder and he's going to block shots. So if those are two things you need, pick him up. He's only 33% owned in Yahoo right now, and he should be one of the top pickups. I think that's the long and the short of it. Mm. Rebounds, block shots, high field goal percentage, hardly ever is going to score more than 20, 12 points per game. And, and that's about it. So you can, you can look at field goal percentage and say, oh, wow, you know, he's shooting. Let's see what he's shooting this year. Uh, you know, 59 or excuse me, 49 percent right. in past years, 54. But if you're only attempting not that many shots, you know, yeah, seven five, attempts. It's, it's not that yeah. much of a boost. So rebounds, blocks, that's about it. Uh, agreed. Agreed. But uh, Shannon, you have an, I mean, obviously Reggie Jackson's out. So, Shannon, why don't you discuss uh, the replacement point guard in Detroit? Yeah, Reggie Jackson's out. So Ish Smith is the guy you want to pick up. He had a pretty good game on Thursday night. Um, I I mean, I think he should be owned in almost any format. He's only owned uh, in 38% of Yahoo leagues right now. I, he's he's a good guy. I mean, he, he's a good player. He's going to pick up assist. He'll get you the occasional occasional steal. Um Decent scoring, not nothing great, but he'll score 12 or 13 points a game. I mean, he had 18-7-5 against Orlando last night in 32 minutes, and, and that's the thing. He's going to be playing 30-plus minutes. So Ishmith, um, Biombo, and a couple other guys uh, that we, we, met, we mentioned, Jordan Bell earlier, um, and then also Tyus Jones hmm. um, from Minnesota. He's, he's 
not he's not very heavily owned in, in on Yahoo or ESPN right now. He's going to see a significant run in place of Jeff Teague, who's injured. So those are four guys who I think are in play for 10 and 12 team leagues who are all widely available. They're all under 40% owned on Yahoo right now. So any of those four would be would be helpful for your fantasy team. Yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to say Ish Smith is the one that I'd throw down the most fab money on just because we've seen it in past years. You know, he, he can go out there and produce. Uh, Van Gundy feels, I, I wouldn't say comfortable, but uh, willing to give him 30 minutes, 34 minutes a game. Um, we've seen him do it before. He's one of the guys that coming into the season, uh, I was looking at the depth charts, and in my, like the later rounds of 14-team, 16-team drafts, I was grabbing – Ish Smith, and so I actually have decent exposure to him, and I've been waiting for uh, uh, an injury to Reggie Jackson, and it finally came. I wasn't hoping for it or praying for it, um, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those situations <laughs> where Ish Smith is going to step in and be the starting point guard for the duration of Jackson's absence. And there's really like you know I, I don't I wouldn't expect that to change over the six to eight week absence whatsoever. No, not at all. I mean, Langston Galloway is going to be, uh-huh. he's going to get a few more minutes as the backup point guard, but he's not a reliable fantasy option. Okay, Ken, so who you got? You've got, you can pick up one big man and one point guard. You got Biombo and Bell, and then Smith and Tyus Jones. Which two are you picking up? As mm-hmm. you said, it does depend on stats, but I think you got to gamble on Bell's upside, uh, meaning he probably still going to be valuable, uh, whereas when Vucevic returns, uh, though I'm trying to do the math here. Vucevic returns, you know, Bayombo's back to not doing much. And then, uh, boy, I'd say if you're in the top half of your league, you take the safe pick with Smith. But if you're in the bottom half, you gamble on some Tyus Jones upside. I mean, the kid's only 21, had a surprising five steals last night. Uh, so if you, you know, uh, I guess that depends on the standings. Yeah. Is that a cop out answer? But I'll tell no, you. That's no, no, that's fine. And I think, I mean, Jeff Teague and Reggie Jackson are both going to be out for a significant time. I, I know Jeff Teague's injury, I believe, is the same injury Blake Griffin had, hmm. which he's how long's he been out? So I mean, Jeff Teague's not coming back for a while. Um, Tyus Jones. He's going to get you lots of steals. That's the one thing. If you need steals, I would say Tyus Jones is a better play. If scoring an assist is more your thing, then then probably probably go with Ish Smith. I'm with you on Jordan Bell, though. I like him more in Biombo because I think he has value for the rest of the season. Um, and they're pretty similar. I mean, Bell Bell's going to get you steals and blocks, not as many rebounds as Biombo, but but they're both. Neither one's going to be a big scorer. But but I like Bell's upside on defense more. Important thing to remember, and there's lots of factors going in here. I love the way that you guys have broken it down. I don't think that you know the big players on the Warriors are going to play much in the final third of the season, which bodes well for mm. Bell um, quite a yeah, bit. I think point. they're going to keep running out Vucevic like crazy, which will reduce Biombo. So uh, I think I have to agree with you guys, even though you know I'm not into rookies. I, I think I like Bell as well. All right, well, hey, enough about the NBA. I need to learn more about the Madison, Wisconsin YMCA League. Shannon, take it away. Uh, so every the final Friday <laughs> of the year, or the final final Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, whatever it happens to be, um, there's a last shot of the year contest. So essentially, the last game uh, of pickup morning ball, whoever makes the last shot gets a trophy, and and they have to write up a, a lengthy, entertaining email that basically you know ribs everyone who who attends the basketball. Uh, games and, and it's just fun. It, it's a good group of guys. Um, I, I was honored with uh, 
hitting the last shot two out of the past three years. Um, but last year it took me like two hours to write my email. Cause, cause these emails are epic. <laughs> it's just epic ribbons. <laughs> and I had, I, this year I, there was no way I was going to take the final shot. So I carried the team on the back until we got to game point. No, I, I, I hit three, like three, three pointers in a row to get us to game point. And then, I, and then I just turned into Ish Smith and started dishing the ball everywhere. And finally, my man Mark hit a nice uh, Dirk Nowitzki type step back jumper from about 14 feet away, bounced around the hoop a few times, and finally dropped. And and Mark, I got to hand off the trophy to him. Uh, so oh. congrats, Mark, uh, on being the last shot of the year champ this season. So last year you had this kind of like older gentleman that you all wanted him to get the last shot, and he was even <laughs> in on it. But and everybody was passing him the ball, and he just like could not make a shot. Like he missed five or six shots. Was there anybody or any situation like that where everybody wanted one person to do it, and he just couldn't come through in the uh, pressure? So that older gentleman <laughs> is Mike, and, and oh, nice. All right. The, the one thing about Mike is he always makes the last hook shot of the year every year. So <laughs> is that a different wager? The last hook shot of the year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He make the only he hook makes shots? the only hook shots, <laughs> um, but he always makes the the final hook shot of the year. Um, and Mike, Mike's, Mike's problem this season was uh, he wasn't on my team. Oh, and great. you've got to be oh. on the winning team in order to hit the last <laughs> shot of the year. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, right. congratulations to Shannon squad. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, who again hit the last shot? Mark. Mark, oh, you, can you Mark. forward? I see. Can you forward us the Mark email when it comes out? I will. I will definitely do that. All right. All right well, that leads us to a. Uh, we're going to lead in early to uh, K Train's crazy old man rant, <laughs> and it's actually a present to Mama K Train. So my mom turned seventy-five yesterday, and once again, when I, when I called her to talk happy birthday. All she really wanted to talk about is how she's still pissed off about the Patriots trading Jimmy Garoppolo. I realize this is the NBA pod, but I promised my mom for her birthday I would vent about it. Her main point is if the 49ers can deal Joe Montana to play Steve Young, the Pats could have done something to move Tom Brady for Garoppolo. Oh, wow. Which I just, I admittedly, I don't agree. It's This is totally based on my mom just thinks – Jimmy G is the hottest man in the NFL, even you know far more attractive than uh, than Brady. That I can't argue with. But uh, anyway, uh, Mom, I I hope I vented your frustration enough. Uh, she every time the Niners win, she like sends me an angry email about how Jimmy G should be in a Pats uniform. I probably should buy her a jersey, maybe for birthday. We'll see. But that does lead into our broad topic, which is who are the names that probably should get traded. Before the deadline, uh, DJ or Shannon, what, uh, which team and which group of names do you want to dive into first? Let's start with the Lakers. Is Let's that okay? Let's do it. So yeah. Julius Randle um, is somebody that I really thought was going to be a baby Draymond, where you had Walton coming over. He was pretty, he stopped laughing. It's true. I don't know why you <laughs> laugh. It's like it's it's true. It's not even like up for debate. Where Luke Walton, you know, had had been with the coaching staff of the Warriors, had seen how this operates, where Draymond can you know handle the ball, and, and that kind of opens up the court when you have your big man, you know, running point essentially. And Julius Randle is cap- was capable of that. Is capable of that. 
But you know what? It just doesn't work with Lonzo Ball anymore. Lonzo Ball needs to be the one with the ball in his hands. Uh, he needs to be operating things. That's kind of forced Julius Randle to the side, um, where somebody like a Larry Nance is actually more productive and more efficient on the court with somebody like Lonzo Ball. I like um, I really like Julius Randle, but I do think that he moves. It's time for him to move on from the Lakers, and I think that the Lakers brass, as you laugh away, Shannon, are also thinking the same thing. No, I like I like Randall as well. Um, I think the baby Draymond comparison is is hilarious. Not uh, on defense, but yeah, on just cause, just because you know he blows a defense, he can't hit three pointers, <laughs> um, but he is an underrated playmaker. So I'll give you that, and okay. he's actually probably a better rebounder than Draymond. So mm. yes. yeah. He's very, I, very good. Rebounder. Randall, Randall, if he got the minutes, I mean, in 22 minutes per game this year, he's averaging 12 and a half and six and a half. So I'd be mean, right there. You, you bump that up to 32 minutes and you're going to have damn good production. Um, I like Randall. I think it would be great if he gets traded because he's going to hold plenty more fantasy value when he does. So I'm on board with that. Uh, a bit of a oh. bit of a free throw problem, uh, especially this year. It's hitting 65 percent. That doesn't really affect the trade status at all. Uh, do you worry? Uh, you just kind of assume he'll get more minutes where he goes, right? Or is is are we also just assuming Brooklyn is the destination, or who do we think uh, Randall might be going to? Well, there were rumors already with the with Dallas uh, for Nerlens Noel, and then and then Nerlens uh, got hurt, and the deal yeah. was off the table. Um, so maybe that's that's a place. I mean, it's going to be uh, a real rebuilding team like that. So you so Brooklyn, Dallas, someone along those lines. I think the Lakers' main motivation is just to get Luol Deng's uh, contract off the books. So I'm almost expecting that they basically give up Randall for pennies on the dollar, but Deng's included in the deal. If but they, Laker fans are going to be angry because the return's not going to look uh, good. They would have to give, uh, give away like a first-round pick as well to trade Deng. Like, no one's going to take Deng's contract. Well, I, I tell you what, they... They are very incentivized to do that, right? If that's going to open up max room cap or enough cap to land a Paul George, to land a LeBron James, then then you do it. You you just do whatever it takes. So, um, is a first round pick worthy of LeBron James or Paul George? Yeah, it is. So that that's what Laker fans need to be looking at it as. um, Because who cares what what you get for this year? Who cares? Right. So another player, Jordan Clarkson, could also be the one that's thrown in there um, with Luol Deng. It seems like he really hasn't hit his stride with that team, but when he's on the court, I think he's competent. He can score. It'd be a a great tandem partner, I think, with D'Angelo Russell. Those two guys, you know, didn't play all that terribly together back when they were in L.A. I I think Clarkson's the most likely Laker to get traded, uh, just because he. I think he has more value than Randall. Um, He's he's a better fit in today's NBA. Uh, There's going to be more teams at going after him um we, we've seen with Clarkson the past couple days filling past two games filling in for Lonzo Ball he's been great um he, he's a really good DFS option right now and, and he's going to be a good season-long option for as long as Lonzo Ball's out um if he gets traded uh, you know the assumption would is that it's going to be to a bigger role he's not going to be playing just 20 minutes off the bench so so he would be a permanent option for your season-long leagues in that scenario moving on gentlemen to DeAndre Jordan, he seems the most plausible to me. Out of all the names we're going to talk about, I don't know why. I just think that the Clippers need to move on from whatever it is they're doing. It's kind of clear that Blake Griffin is very, very good. And for a stretch of about, what, four or five games, they were arguably the best team in the league to begin the season. Blake Griffin just doesn't stay healthy enough to put a team on his back and take him to the playoffs. That means that DeAndre Jordan seemingly could be traded really anywhere because uh, rim protectors – get traded 
always during the trade deadline, and he's arguably the best rim protector out there. Shannon, I know you've made the the great comp to Nerlens Noel that you know why would teams pay up or trade up, I should say, for DeAndre Jordan when they could get somebody like a Nerlens Noel who arguably is as um, useful on the defensive end as as somebody like DeAndre Jordan is. I, I just want to point out about DeAndre uh, Jordan. I agree. A month ago, or you know, three weeks ago, I would have said he's the most likely guy to get traded. But now the Clippers are ninth in the Western Conference, and guess who's a game time decision tonight? Blake Griffin. They could turn things around. I mean, they're only they're only four and a half games behind the Pelicans for the eighth seed. Um, same same for the Portland Trail Blazers at the seventh seed. So there there's room for improvement here once Griffin. Well, you know back. if. If Doc Rivers was still the GM, I like that argument a lot. Yeah. But now that they have taken that title away from him and have a GM that ideally is looking a little more forward, you know, I, to me, is really the seventh or eighth seed a win? I mean, if you're the Pelicans and you've had such an abysmal record, yeah, absolutely go for it. But the Clippers, I don't know, it, it, it's squeaking you know, in the back door. Here's here's what I think should happen. And Jason Kidd is on the hot seat, right? The Bucks are 18 and 15, not terrible, fifth in the East, but still expectations haven't quite been met considering mm-hmm. where they were coming into the season. How about you take Doc Rivers, DeAndre Jordan, and ship them to Doc Milwaukee? Ri- Doc Rivers is a horrible coach. Horrible. Champion, he's, he's no, a championship coach. It's not because of him. It's because of the players he had. He had three like top 20 players on that team. Sure. Doc Rivers has always been a horrible coach. Look at the teams that he coached. <laughs> Worse than look Jason at the, Kidd, who's look at the teams completely that he, coach, This is look hypothetical bizarro teams, land, though. Look There's at the no teams. mid-season coach trade. No, it's not. It's it's dumb. I, I think they're both horrible <laughs> coaches. But who who who? Doc is, Rivers. You, the consensus is Doc Rivers is a horrible coach. Is like, Jason Kidd a good coach? No, I don't okay. think he's a good coach. So either. what coach that's not currently employed no is trade. a better better coach than Jason Kidd? I have no idea. Doc Rivers is probably, arguably, you know, he's employed. He's He's employed. They're not making some mid-season coach trade. That's crazy. It's crazy, Doc. But how about, so we, as you mentioned earlier, guys, Thonmaker is on the shelf for the Bucks. So can the, can the Bucks put something together to get DeAndre Jordan? No, the crazy talk was like Jabari Parker and Brogdon for, for, a rental. That's insane. Yeah, that's way too okay. much. So I just can't see the Bucks making that's why that was my argument for Nerlens over DeAndre is the fact that why would you give away a piece like Jabari Parker to Landon DeAndre when you can give up Thon Maker to get Nerlens? If you can if you can package Thon Maker and Malcolm Brogdon for a rental, I think maybe now we might be talking. That we're talking about that rental with Jabari, Giannis, and Middleton, and then whoever else you want to throw on the court. Or Bileto. That's a really, really good team. Actually, I, I actually think the original rumor was it might have been Parker and Middleton. That's for, insane. Which is even more no, insane. That can't even Middleton, be possible. Middleton straight up is is like insane because he's a much better player than DeAndre Jordan. It, it doesn't make sense. If they can get them for Thonmaker and Brogdon and a second-round pick or something, then, yeah, of course, do it. And, and Milwaukee probably is the most obvious fit out there. Gosh, I well, the Clippers really desperately don't, need a point guard. I don't Brogdon spend the, yeah, that's, that's true. I don't want to spend the rest of the season rooting for a coach trade, but come on. <laughs> come on, Milwaukee. Get your coach. 
Get your coach already. Uh, let's move on here um, to somebody that I think we all can agree is definitely on the trade block, um, but we should be fearful if you have ownership of him right now if he does get traded, and that's Tyreek Evans. I mean, the situation, the heavens have, have opened up in Memphis for Tyreek Evans, for him to have maximum fantasy upside. If he gets traded pretty much anywhere, Shannon, I think it's, you know, he's coming down immediately. He'd be slotted in most likely to a six-man role, and there's just no way that he sees the same amount of playing time, upside, usage that he would to any trade destination. Yeah, no doubt about it. If he gets moved, it's going to be detrimental to his fantasy value. Over the past 30 games, he's 26th-ranked player based on average stats on Yahoo!, He's averaging 21.5, 5, 6, 1 steal, 2.6 3-pointers, knockdown 3-point shooter now. It's crazy. Like, he's just he's having a great season, especially since Conley went down. But no matter where he gets moved, his value is going to go down because there's a very good chance he would be a sixth man no matter where he gets moved. Um, and even if he starts, he'll, he'll be the third or fourth option instead of the right. you know one or two uh, like he is currently with Gasol. And... Also, if, if you look at the top one or two or even maybe three teams in your fantasy league right now, I don't care what format, anything like that, I'm willing to bet that Tyreek Evans is on, on one of those teams. You know, you can go out and look in your leagues right now. He's the type of pick you were getting him so cheap that he really turned turned around people's seasons. And he's just one of those players this year that, you know, he, he's going to win fantasy championships, especially if he stays in Memphis. If he does get moved, then his averages might come back down to reality. Um, but he's still... He's still over. He's going to exceed expectations because of this first half that he's had, regardless of his end destination at the end of the season. But just one of those players that is, you know, winning people a lot of money this year. Well, and, you know, Memphis is another situation where, you know, uh, well, you know what? They, I please hope they don't try to. If anybody should deal, deal in talent right now, it's Memphis. They should trade everyone. Yes, exactly. All, yeah, exactly. Talk Start about over. running into a wall year after year after year, and if you're not even going to be healthy, like you know, what what's the point? Because the point? even at yeah. full strength, you, you know, they hit that wall every year. It's just it's just another team. They they're just stuck in kind of the middle land forever, which the Philadelphia 76ers were. Um, th- this Memphis team has achieved, I think, more than the Sixers teams did in the er- early aughts. But still, yeah, it's it's kind of a. I don't like to throw this word around, but it's kind of depressing. You know, there's just no light at the end of the tunnel for Memphis Grizzly fans right now. Uh, let's talk about Shannon's once former favorite player, Mario Hazonia. Um, with a ton of injuries happening in Orlando, uh, he's been able to be on full display, and I think he's impressed some people around the league. Do you think that there's some value added there, Shannon, to the point where he could actually be a trade candidate and Orlando could receive something valuable in return for him? I mean, it's certainly possible. He's been solid the last last two mm-hmm. weeks. He's averaged 13 points, four rebounds, one and a half steals, 1.7 threes, uh, shooting 48% from the floor. So he, he's been solid. This is probably, this is without question, the best stretch of his career. Things will be interesting now because Aaron Gordon's back, Evan yeah. Fournier's back. You know, last night he only played 18 minutes against the Pistons. Had four points, three rebounds. So that that's after a stretch of, of five straight games scoring in double figures and, and six of the past seven games in double figures. But you know, immediately his his minutes and production drop as soon as Gordon gets back. So I, I'm worried that you know, right now everyone who rushed and picked him up the past week or two, you're probably going to be dropping him after this weekend. Um, was my assumption, but. 
he certainly could have value if he goes to a different team. And he's the type of player that I think is intriguing. For He's, he's only 22. Yeah, he's exactly. only 22. He's still I, I do wonder, though, can Magic, basically in dealing him, can they admit yet another draft pick mistake? You know, I, you know, he was a number five pick. They're not getting anywhere close to a number five pick for him. So de- dealing him basically keeps saying, oh, yeah, we've been making bad picks the last four or five years. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And every, you know, every, every organization kind of has to eat crow on that at some point. But I think they're just, I mean, they've proven that by not playing him, right? Well, right. It, <laughs> yeah. here's, yeah. My, here's my question. Is it a, dra- a bad draft pick if he goes somewhere else, plays 30 minutes a game, and is highly close up? <laughs> no, yeah, right. so, or did you right. just, did you screw him up? Like, is it, it was right. the right, right pick and or, you just couldn't do it or you didn't manage yeah, yeah. it? Right? Orlando Magic are the Sacramento Kings of the East in, in that, yes. you know, they just kind of just, you know, talent goes to die. Ken, I want to ask you a question about Mario Hazonia because you've oftentimes over the last couple of weeks brought up a great point where all these players seem to be positioned less. And, you know, sometimes yeah. that's a good thing, like we've seen with the Warriors. And sometimes it's a really bad thing, as we've seen with the Magic. Do you think that increases uh, Hazonia's trade value that, you know, you can play some shooting guard, small forward, power forward in theory? Um, but is that, a, is that a better thing for his trade value or actually a worse thing because he's proven that he can't play any of those positions? Well, you know, I, I am always negative when they call a guy a tweener. And I think it's especially negative if you're an international player coming in at age 20 uh, into the NBA. It's hard enough with all the other things you have to uh, get used to. And you're also not sure what position you should be in. You know, and, and the, the magic roster frustrated the heck out of me because it was all tweeners for a long time. Um, you know, yeah, what he needs and it will probably never find in Orlando is a set role where, you know, and where he's encouraged, he's given minutes, but also he knows he's either the power forward or the small forward. And this is what we want you to do every play and just forget everything you possibly can about Orlando, (laughs) You you know, and maybe Brooklyn's that opportunity. If I'm Memphis, as we talked about, boy, I'd, you know, I'd love to take a flyer on him. He's somebody a bad team absolutely should take a flyer on uh, on the assumption that you have better coaching than the mess that's been in Orlando the last I, few years. I'll tell you, as a Pistons fan, I would love for the Pistons oh, to yeah. fire him. Like if they, even if they have to give up, like I, I, I will say something crazy, Uh-oh. and a lot of Pistons. Oh, Tobias! You're going to send Tobias back to Orlando? No, 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 not Tobias. But if they had to give up like Stanley Johnson for him, what? I don't oh, care. Man. I don't care. Do it. Sure. Stanley Johnson can't it. shoot. Do it give, in a heartbeat. Give him, play him and Tobias at the three and the four. You have two solid three-point shooters then. That's what wow. the Pistons need. I, I would love it, honestly. Especially with a dominating rebounding center. You can you can take Hazanga's a little slightly worse rebounding he, with Drummond. He actually, and if you think about a player who Hazonia reminds me of is Heydu Turkoglu. Wow. And, and yeah. that that is Stan. I'm not. I'm not. He's a good. Hazonia yeah. is a good playmaker when given the ball. I mean, go watch his highlights. And the reason why he was dra- drafted top five, it's because of his playmaking skills. So he actually reminds me of Turkoglu a little bit. And I would love, I would absolutely love to see Stan Van Gundy get his hands on him. And you have you have Tobias in, in the, um, what's that guy's name? Oh, the three-point shooter, that Rashard Lewis. Okay. You have Tobias in the Rashard Lewis uh, role, and Zonia is the new Hayden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you got but, but does Stanley Johnson Howard. have trade what? value? Are people, who's getting in line to, to deal for Stanley Johnson? 
I mean, he has just as much trade value as Hazonia. Hazonia had Willie Johnson. Hazonia had one good game. He went eight for twelve from downtown. I would one good game. I would agree that they have similar trade value. You could you could almost trade those guys straight up. Let's keep it moving here. We've got a few more names to hit on before we go into our Friday FanDuel picks. Greg Monroe, he's been out there forever. He's been on the trade block trade block for a few years. There's really no situation I could see him going to where he would you know receive an amazing boost in fantasy value. Uh, Don't need to spend too much time here, guys. But Greg Monroe getting traded away, um, pretty much status quo for what he's done so far this year right if the bucks couldn't the bucks are trying forever to deal monroe and the Suns take him out of desperation i, I don't know why the Suns have any more luck dealing monroe than the bucks have i no, no one's like what i would really like is a center from the late 80s Monroe's a buyout candidate. I think he'll get bought out. I don't think anyone's going to trade for him. I mean, they might, but it's not going to it's not going to be he's not going to be in a big role. He might get traded to a contender. You have a team like the Celtics who could actually probably use some low post scoring and rebounding that Monroe offers and they would use him for you know, maybe maybe 18 minutes off the bench. Um but, you know, that's yeah. But Brad Stevens likes his guys to be able to hit at least a 10-foot jumper. Right. Monroe can hit a 10-foot jumper. Yeah. I can mean, he, can he hit a 14-foot jumper? I don't know. We've had this conversation many times before. If if we knew he was going to spend even 24 minutes on the court, he would have value in deeper leagues, but you, we can't. I mean, there's like almost no team around the league where we could say he's going to be guaranteed 24 minutes a night. Usually he just comes in um, when everybody's injured, plays 30 minutes, has a great stat line, and then he's relegated back to the bench. It's just kind of who he is as an NBA player and where the NBA has trended. Yeah. Let's keep it moving here. Uh, Thon Maker, we already touched on have some bucks here in the madison bucks fans here in the madison office ready to part with thon maker again like if we're going to talk about deandre jordan nerland's noel way higher in terms of the value and in the proven aspect if people want to take a, a flyer on thon maker uh i think he's probably available to you know be taken as a flyer from the bucks right now absolutely i mean bucks fans are just thinking about the now thon maker is he's he's got upside but they're they're impatient. They want this team to win this year um, and next year. So might as well just move Maker. He I don't think he he's not going to contribute this year or next year. So just move him. Ken, I'll let you talk about the next guy here because I know you've had your 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 run-ins <laughs> with this guy before. Kenneth Fareed, another name just like Greg Monroe that's always on the trade block for whatever always. reason. He spent his whole career in Denver. He's been phased out. I think that unlike Greg Monroe, that Fareed could find a place where he could be slotted into a starting role and, and be valued in, in for majority of a minutes for a team um, yet to be seen until he finally moves away from Denver, though, Ken. Maybe. I don't know. I, I I don't know if he's just in the twilight at this point. Is he is he someone, you know, like like the Celtic could certainly use rebounding, um, but his actual rebounds per minute are not that great. He was always billed as this energy guy who couldn't shoot. And I don't think he's an energy guy anymore. And I, I think the Nuggets have always overvalued him. They should have dealt him years ago. Uh uh, I don't see – I think they're stuck with him in Denver, uh, who – young and up-and-coming, who ought to be on our new roster. Free Willie! Free Willie! Free Willie Hernan Gomez from the Knicks! Fine, you're in love with Enos Cantor. Okay, great. Well, deal Willie. He's gonna, Send Willie to Atlanta. That's what I want to see, Willie to Atlanta. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, I mean that's I mean that's like an awesome destination for all these players we've been talking about: the Brooklyn's, <laughs> right. your Atlanta's, um, not the Kings because you know George Hill should be a, like a top twenty-five fantasy player on their roster, but they're not giving him minutes. So uh, you know it, it's always going to be a case by case basis. Willie Hernan Gomez, you do have to wonder though, Ken. Um, we've seen that he has Jonas Valanciunas potential, low double double, maybe a yeah. block, maybe a steal per game if he's lucky, um, but he just needs to be on a team where the right fit is and arguably the Knicks are the worst possible team he could be on um, because they like playing Kristaps Porzingis at center as often as possible and then you know when Kristaps is off the court Ennis Cantor is almost always on the court you can never 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 uh, have Hernan Gomez and Cantor on the court at the same time it just it does not work in today's NBA now can we uh, do can we now that the Thunder are playing well can we kill those Paul George trade rumors or do you think they should still be alive DJ we know the we know the Thunder are your team. So here's the thing. Uh, we were talking before the podcast that, you know, should we include Paul George? And you guys were kind of somewhat adamant about saying no. And, you know, they're trending in the right direction. They needed time to um, come together, find that cohesion, and they finally found it. But guess what? Every single trade or, um, you know, acquiring that Sam Presti, the GM of the Thunder, has made has taken me by surprise as a Thunder fan. Right. So um, acquiring Paul George surprised me. And really, he's done a very good job. Everybody admits that aside from the Harden trading away. Um, And if Paul George got traded, I wouldn't be surprised because that's a shocking thing to do. And Sam Presti does shocking things. If he feels like that he can position himself and the Thunder organization for the next three or four years outside of the next six months. So a.k.a. the majority of Russell Westbrook's contract, then he might take that that stab at something if he can get some players he thinks that will be better for the duration of Westbrook's contract and not just this first six months. I just can't see it happening. Uh, they're the fifth seed in the in the West yeah. right now. Eight they've games won, back. Yeah, they've won six in a row. I w- I have to imagine that they're. I would put them as a lock to finish as the fourth seed. Um, they're only a game and a half behind Minnesota. I, I don't necessarily think they'll jump up to three above San Antonio, but absolutely they will pass Minnesota soon. Um, and that's you just don't do it. You're you're make you made this play. You traded for George to make a championship push this year, um, and also to convince Russ to sign a contract extension, which and he did achieved. Yeah, he did. Uh, but still. But do you want you don't want Russ going off in the paper saying, "Come on, you only gave us half a season to gel, yeah, not exactly. even half. I mean, only thirty five games in. Yeah, but and if, now if you're that Westbrook, he's surrounded I would go by two nuts. new stars for the next three four years. Well, now it's starting to gel. You, I think they they hold on to him. They will try to resign him. Even if they did move, if they decided to switch things up, I think they would try moving Mello first. Of course, yeah. yeah. yeah well, they've got you know. Here's the thing: it's still December. They've got all of January to see if they continue to improve or not. So I, I think It'll, I'm not yeah. saying the I'm not going to say there's no way George moves, but certainly I think they're leaning to improving. They're going to want to keep him. I, I give it maybe a 15% chance, and that percentage probably shrinks as they continue to play well in January. When they're, when they're 10 games above 500 on February 1st, it'll be a moot point. <laughs> right. in, in terms of fantasy value, if he does get traded, I can't imagine that it would be any lesser than it is now being on a team with Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook. Nothing to be concerned about if you have invested in Paul George. You probably got him on the cheap to begin with anyways. DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis also just need to mention them here. We don't need to spend too long on them. Um, They're the eighth seed. They're the eighth seed, which is like heaven in New Orleans. 
Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, there's still, <laughs> I mean, there's still rumors out there. You never know. Um, but anything that you guys want to touch on with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins? They both would be going to such good scenario. I mean, no matter what team they go to, they're going to be the first or second option. Yeah. So it, it's not going to impact their fantasy value to any significant degree. All right. Good chat, fellas. Why don't you take a breath here before we jump into our Friday FanDuel picks? And let me talk about FanDuel, fantasy basketball for the everyday fans. New contest starting every day. That means no busted seasons, something for everyone, and lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. All you do is pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. I've said it many times. I'll say it again. We like FanDuel so much that we're going to devote the whole next segment to our Friday FanDuel picks. We're three of over two and a half million players that have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. Listen up. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Ken, why don't you kick us off with your first pick of the day? We mentioned this guy. We mentioned the situation. But why don't you go ahead and relay his name and his FanDuel price so everybody knows how valuable he could be tonight. Yeah, I still like Lance Stevenson at only 5,800 for the Pacers. You know, Oladipo's out. Uh, a lot of shots there. Playing a pretty weak Chicago team, though they've been playing well uh, lately. Uh, at only 5,800, that seems like an awfully uh, low-cost gamble for me. What do you guys think? I'm with you. He was the first name I plugged into my lineup. I mean, I initially I was like, all right, let's see how much. The only way I won of is if he jumped up to like 7,000, which is what we saw from Jordan Clarkson, who had been very cheap to pass the first two games with Lonzo Ball out. Now he's up to 7,000. I'm still plugging Clarkson into my lineup. I think he's still, he's a good, good bat to go for five times value and get 35 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. So I still like him at 7,000, but it is getting close to the range where that might be too expensive. The guy that I mentioned uh, in tandem with Lance Stevenson, Darren Collison is $6,300. You're just probably not going to get that 50-point game that maybe you could get out of Lance Stevenson if he just catches fire, gets some steals, some blocks. Um, But I think Collison in this situation is a little bit more... Um, reliable, where I, I would feel more confident saying that he's going to actually get to 30 than Lance Stevenson does. Um, but I feel more confident saying that Lance Stevenson could reach 45 than than Darren Collison could. So, well, let me got- throw out an even cheaper point guard option. Uh, Tyler Johnson is going to start again tonight. Did injuries. He's had uh, last four games of 29. Tw- I'm, I'm sorry, 30, 29, 31, and 39 fantasy points. And uh, let's see, Waiters is out, Winslow is out, and Dragic is playing, but he still has a bad elbow. Uh, so at 5,900, also plays Brooklyn. So if anything's going to motivate my, the Heat to finally push the pace, it'll be playing Brooklyn. Another Heat player that I like a lot tonight is Josh Richardson. Um, he has been absolutely on fire. Um, he's playing over 36 minutes per game. And averaging over 35 fantasy points over the past eight contests, um, he's only 6,300. I mean, it's unheard of that a player who's topped 40 points three out of the past six games would not go up in value, and he really hasn't. I mean, he should be up towards $7,000 right now, and he's still at 6,300, so I love him tonight as well. 
All right. I want to pose a question, as I often do during this segment, to you guys, um, and let's have a little talk about it. Nicholas Batum at $5,600 going up against Golden State tonight. Am I wasting money by picking Nicholas Batum, or am I potentially finding a diamond in the rough, somebody we, who, Shannon, we know can go out there and get us 40 fantasy points and dip into that 50 FanDuel fantasy points range for whatever reason, since he's come back from injury, it just hasn't happened. The minutes are still there. That's what I keep going back to. I keep putting him into my lineup, but am I foolish? Here's the question. Am I foolish for keep going or keep uh, placing Batum in my lineup as his price decreases? No, not at all. I have him in my lineup as well. I think 5,600 is a very good value. He's only, you know, he's only averaging 25 fantasy points per game this season, um, and there have been some duds in. I think the reason why his price is so low is because of those duds. But, but at the same time, I mean, he's played 35 and 34 minutes in the past two games against tough opponents. The Bucks and Boston both have tough wing defenders, and he had to go up against that, and he still managed to average 30 fantasy points in those two contests. I mean, that's, that's kind of his money range right there is, you know, if he plays 35 minutes, he's going to be good for about 30 fantasy points. So I like So Shannon, let me pose a player, a player B, you like Batum at 5,600 going against the Warriors or Eric Gordon still starting for the Rockets tonight at Washington at 5,800. Why not both Ken? I've got them. (laughs) I've got them both in my lineup. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I can't resist Devin Booker at 7800 He's never going to be this cheap again. It, Booker, that is a very good price for Booker as well. I'm going for more expensive players at other positions uh, just because I feel like that shooting guard, the shooting guard position tonight, you have the Batums and Gordons in the under $6,000 range who all have you know, 30, 35, 40-point upside if, if they're hitting their shots. Um, and while Booker's, you know, Booker's pretty much a lock to get you 35 points, and he has upside to, to post the highest fantasy point total for the evening. Um, it's just he's he's most likely going to fall in that range that's not too much higher than these guys, what you're going to see from Batum or Gordon. Yeah, what's interesting is that the Kings have traditionally been the worst team at defending the three-point shot in the league over the last four to five years. This year, not necessarily the case if, if you look specifically at shooting guards in that the Kings are actually, I believe, in the top third for FanDuel points held two um, so far across the league, which is pretty amazing. So it may seem offhand that Booker has a good matchup because he's going against the Kings, but the FanDuel points per game average per position would actually suggest that uh, he doesn't actually have as good of a matchup. So that bodes well for the Batum-Gordon duo like you just talked about, Shannon. Buddy Heald and, and George Hill are quality defenders. There you go. There you it is. Clip that soundbite for later. Shannon, any other players that you'd like to discuss before we get out of here? I'm spending big on Anthony Davis. I think he, he's going to have a monster game. Uh, Jordan Bell is still <laughs> under $5,000. He's kind of risky, but usually the defensive stats on FanDuel carry him to a good 30-plus point fantasy night, even if he only plays 20 to 25 minutes. Um and, you know, we, we're just going to keep on harping the Pacers. I, I like Turner. I like Stevenson. I like Collison, all of those guys. Uh, you've got a, a mini revenge game uh, for Rondo against the Dallas Mavs. Sure. Uh, coming off a monster 25-assist outing. Um, you know, there's plenty of downside with Rondo, but, but we've seen the upside as well. So under 6000 for him, so he's another good option. Any, right. super, cheap, uh, any super cheap picks out there? 
I'm I, I can't re- I'm I am curious about Boyan Bogdanovich at forty nine hundred against Chicago. I'm it's trying to that. figure out how to get Davis and Westbrook in my lineup today. There's just not that one guy out there on this particular slate where I'm really drawn to that they're coming into a situation where it's like, oh, you know, oh my goodness, yeah. you know, FanDuel obviously set the prices before this injury was announced. This is not that type of situation out there for me. I think you need to do it with a lot of guys like Batum, like Gordon, um, if you want to get Westbrook and Davis into your lineup. I mean, you just you even have to go lower than that on some other guys. And I don't know, Shannon, I, I kind of looked over the course of things if you want to dip into the Clippers they've got their CJ Will CJ Williams your Jamil Wilson type of guys um, other than that though I'm just not enthused by that particular approach tonight yeah it, it depends on who's ruled out if Kuzma's ruled out Larry Nance could be very attractive at 4400 if Blake Griffin's ruled out um, Harrell Montrez Harrell could be good uh, Jamil Wilson if he's recalled from the G League would be a good option um, so it just depends but both of those games are they play against each other the Clippers and Lakers so it's a late game and we probably won't know on those players before lineup slot John Henson $5,200 at power forward he's gotten you you know 25 26 fantasy points at 5,200, you know, maybe he can have a, a couple more blocks tonight against OKC to have that value to push you in there where you could uh, afford Anthony Davis. Lots of good um, choices to choose from here from our experts. Let me just go over K-Train's mispronounced names. He did a good job. Did a good job. We skipped, <laughs> la- we skipped last week because I think you were, you were pretty close to crystal clear. Um, you, had, you, you flirted with the wrong pronunciation pronunciation of Bismack Biombo, but I think we'll give it to you, Ken. Uh, the only <laughs> glaring mistake on today's pod is that you, you threw out Hazonia perfectly for three or four times, and then yeah. you just threw in a Hazanka <laughs> in the middle. Uh, that might be my favorite that's mispronounced name knock, of, of the, the whole knock, season, but otherwise you kept a, a pretty close to a clean sheet, Ken. Uh, thanks All so much right. for joining us here on this fantasy basketball podcast presented by FanDuel. K-Train, why don't you get us out of here? Thank you, DJ, and thank you, Shannon. By the way, gentlemen, have a wonderful New Year's. Um, let's have our outro quote from Phil Jackson, former player, coach, uh, legend, uh, and Nick's killer, as I like to call him. But after, when he was uh, with L.A., after being treated for a kidney stone, the then Lakers coach Phil Jackson said, when the anesthesiologist leaned over me, he said, we named your kidney stone Kobe because it's not passing. <laughs> Attention, passengers! This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.